This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. In this episode, before Al Capone, there was another big name crime boss in Chicago, and his legacy lives on. This is The Backstory. The skyline rises with a city's success. Built by a network of industrial icons, politicians, planners, architects, and entrepreneurs. From Michigan Avenue magnates to the tycoons of the underworld, and one such crime king's vision still stands in the heart of Chicago. But his backstory begins here. Niagara Falls, beautiful and majestic. A stark contrast to how the McDonald family lives nearby. Edward McDonald abuses his children, especially Michael. Edward McDonald pretty much sells his son to a bootmaker as an apprentice. But the boy feels his grit and toughness are better suited for the big city. So he and some friends hop a train to Chicago where he becomes what's called a train butcher. He would sell the newspaper, and then when the customer would get off, he would refold the newspaper and sell it to the next person. He learned to play poker from some of the traveling salesmen, and he got really good at that. So he decided Chicago's a great place to be. I think I'll come and scam the people full time. Michael McDonald arrives in Chicago, but the journey to Crime King has just begun. The train transformed Chicago from trading posts to the land of opportunity. It was a frontier town. Author Kelly Pucci says it's not just entrepreneurs coming for business opportunities. Chicago also attracts gamblers, prostitutes, and con men. I think it was sort of if you build it, they will come. This is Michigan Avenue outside the Tribune Tower. In the 1850s, it was the vice district known as the Sands. Mayor John Wentworth is fed up with the gambling, prostitution. So he leaks a story about a high dollar dogfight way outside of town. So when everyone rushes out to this non-existent dogfight, Mayor Wentworth's men move into the sands and destroy the vice district. It gave McDonald's an opportunity to spread vice all over the city. So it kind of backfired on him. And McDonald amasses a fortune from his taverns, which at that time is not just a place to get a drink. It was everything. You could cash a check there, you could get a loan, you could vote. He also did naturalization of citizens so that they could vote in his tavern that day. So all that made him a very powerful person. Very powerful. He also makes money in his gambling dens, specifically on the card game Pharaoh. The gambling was crooked. He was a very good poker player. He both gambled and uh, allowed other gamblers to uh, come into his places. It's unclear why, but McDonald moves to New Orleans, perhaps looking to expand to other markets. 
When the Civil War breaks out, McDonald flees the South on a steamboat and returns to Chicago. He adopted the dress of a riverboat gambler, and Edna Ferber, who lived in Chicago, then used him as a model for the typical riverboat gambler. Edna Ferber's novel, Showboat, is made into a musical inspired in part by Michael McDonald. Couldn't you? Couldn't I? Couldn't we? He can afford the ruffled shirt and fancy top hat, but there's no elegance in his profits, and the war presents an opportunity for another con game. He gets men drunk and gets them to enlist during the Civil War, but he collects the signing bonus. While he's lucky at con games and cards, his luck runs out with women. Belle is a chorus girl and his common-law wife. She runs away to join a convent in St. Louis. Then wife Mary runs off with a priest. And then his next wife, Dora, has an affair with a much younger man who is a photographer, Webster Guerin. He got tired of her once he grew up and you know, didn't need her anymore. So she went to visit him one day in his office and um, she shot him to death. McDonald is an unsuccessful romantic and has a bank account built through cons and gambling. But there is one positive lasting legacy. Banker Charles Yerkes is building elevated train tracks south. McDonald has the idea to build elevated tracks to the west, which just happened to go to his racetrack in Garfield Park at a time when thousands of visitors are arriving for the World's Fair. He helped finance the L, so he did leave his mark. One good thing in, in Chicago because of him. His health deteriorating, Michael Cassius McDonald dies in 1908. They said he died of a broken heart and was buried in a Catholic cemetery because he repented on his deathbed. Everybody knows about El Capone and kind of forget that he's the fellow who organized crime. He melded together politics and crime. Pucci's book resurrects his story that's more than a century old. A glimpse into early Chicago and Michael Cassius McDonald's journey from a poor abused boy in Niagara Falls to a wealthy political player. He dies a natural death, no small feat for a Chicago crime boss. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at WGNTV.com slash Backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.